Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Bad Batch Report. (laughs) I was so excited 
to see the noise uh, that Ken would make. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, by the way, and the person making the beautiful noises is Ken Napsok. That's always how we begin these episodes of Bad Batch Report with some beautiful noises inspired by the episode. And I really like that you did that beautiful, lonely, desolate, western, southwest sort of vibe. But you also added a little bit of like Seinfeld bass into it. <laughs> a little, little Seinfeld. Uh, you know, this is why Kevin Kine is writing the music for the show, not me. But uh, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Although I would, uh, I would happily pay for an alternate music track that's just you making noises with your mouth, mouth for the entire time, or your mouse, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Squeaks and beeps for me. <laughs> Squeaks and beeps, a Star Wars music podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that we probably uh, won't do. Instead, we are going to talk about this episode of Bad Batch. It is season two, episode nine, entitled "The Crossing," written by Brooke Roberts, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva, and continuing story editor credit to Matt Machenovitz. Uh Ken, what was your viewing experience? Uh, we check in to see if at some point you and I are going to have the midnight experience again and watch it as it uh, broadcasts, airs, streams. There's the verb. Is it streams on Disney plus <laughs> streams? Indeed. No, no midnight yet. I, I, I keep telling myself well, I'm going to do it, but then about 1130 hits and the uh, age starts creeping in, I guess, uh, and, and waking up early to try to be productive. But I watch this. Here's but my experience is after the mid season event and kind of that cliffhanger, I it was one of those record bad batch with you, edit the episode, get it up, have lunch, watch the next one right away. <laughs> I, I just couldn't wait. And uh, yeah, so I love that and watched it a couple times this morning, actually. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, what so your initial viewing experience was you're in the mood for bad batch, so you just kept going right after uh, the recording. That's awesome. Just, just kept going. You know, it, we're, we, we're always. You know, we always say we are blessed to have those screeners. We we truly are. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, a lot of times I do wait. A lot of times it's like Tuesday and maybe, but I, I was like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this one. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I want to find out what happens next. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm eager to watch the next episode after this. So I can't wait for the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I, th- this will probably uh, come up a couple times uh, this episode. Um, been having a particularly busy and stressful couple of weeks as I try to finish a short film, which uh, I, I'm extremely lucky to have the opportunity to do that. So I, I want that to be the main thing. Uh, but then also uh, we're really rushing to get all these different pieces finished. Uh, and it's uh, it's really stressful. Um I'd be like, hey, hey I, I kind of put my soul in this. And then uh, with every email, uh, I might screw it up. <laughs> uh, so I, I've been in a specific kind of stress this week, um, these last couple of weeks. So on Saturday of this last week, uh, I, I took a break from the stress to be like, ah, I want to watch uh, Bad Batch. I hope I can give it my focus. I really want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a sip of whiskey in Bad Batch on a Saturday afternoon. And Bad Batch, <laughs> uh, this episode, like, reached out and gave me a hug and said, it's okay. Here are some tips on how to make it through what you're feeling. Uh, So this is a great viewing experience. One of those episodes, one of those uh, storytelling moments of Star Wars that happened to find me at what was for me the exact right moment. Uh, And then I watched it again this morning while still also uh, sending notes about the short film. So still in that place, let's dive into the actual episode. What was your overall reaction? Did you love this one? Like it? Was there any struggle? How did it land for you? No, I, I got to say this. Uh, I thought this was truly a, a perfect episode. 
I really, I really do. And I thought it was a great follow-up to what had come before. And, and I want to shout out the writer, Brooke Roberts, who's, I think, relatively new to the Star Wars realm. I think this might be a first credit, right, for, for Star Wars. As far as um, I'm aware, I didn't have yeah. a chance to, to do the deep dive lookup. Yeah, and I did. I, I did. I wanted to say, and Brooke Roberts Eichmeyer, if you're looking up, uh, you know, not that she wants all social media attention. That's kind of like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, a lot of wonderful credits, including a Flash, NCIS, New Orleans. She was in the military. She was a crypto linguist in the U.S. Army. Mm. Uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, and I just love what she brought to it. And, and I want to shout her out because uh, a lot of people make up um, these episodes. This we know. But I just thought following what we went through last week, which was a big mid-season event, but it was truly emotional. It was truly this smaller beat of someone, Echo, making this choice to to go in a direction to grow, adapt, and change. And, and that that the result, we, we're focusing on Omega. This episode focuses on Omega, but it's a fracture in the family. And, and that's the big theme here. But I, I just was really moved by this episode, as I think you are and a lot of people were. were. And the, the look, the feel, everything about it, I, I, I just really loved it. I really loved this episode. And the focus on Omega's confusion, the conversation with tech, the, the look at how we process feelings was something special to me. And that's my starting point. Yeah, that is a great starting point, and I'm I'm really on board. I'm glad you did that research on the on the writer. That's a really great insight. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I still see some some tweets where people like Bad Batch and like, great job, Dave Filoni and team, and like, yes, created by Dave Filoni. It, it, uh, it is a part of the the Clone Wars Rebels animated verse uh, springing out of the Clone Wars, all that. But Jennifer Corbett, head writer, <laughs> mm-hmm. the team of writers, a lot of people who are new to Star Wars coming in, um, all of these directors who, who have been with the animation, uh, you know, side of Star Wars forever, you know, do not want to give them short shrift because I really feel like Bad Batch season two is different. It's an evolution. It has so much of what I love about the Clone Wars and Rebels, but it is its own thing and i think this season in particular episode after episode there are there are these uh stories that are minimal specific direct beginning middle and end but the way they're told pack this emotional punch and invite you to go if these are the emotions at play if these are the ideas in play open that door and there's a massive world of emotion being suggested by this simple, minimal, direct storytelling. It's really, really great. It's like a song that's just like, hey, that's just drums and a guitar. How is that the most moving thing I've ever heard? You know what I mean? More than words. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really love what you're saying there. Uh, that The song... That's, 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 yeah. It, yeah. You're expecting like, all right, Echo's here. We, we got a rocker coming. Oh, they brought a stool out. What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Gets you. Episode after episode, it's bringing a stool out. Um, <laughs> I think a, a, a couple of the other big picture things to me overall, this episode just does such a great job of using every single element to tell the story. And, yeah. you know, that's something that is yes that's that's what <laughs> uh cinema <laughs> television shows are supposed to do so it's like yeah uh-huh it had moving pictures what's your point uh <laughs> my point is i don't think that storytelling is always successful in using every single element and this was done with such care right the music being 
lonely and desolate. The location being forlorn and abandoned. The nature of what the physical conflict is. Every element of this mirrored and heightened the core emotional story. And to me, that core emotional story, we'll get into details, uh, but it <laughs> this episode was like, go sit in your feelings. <laughs> You know, I think it's kind of Omega is is feeling so much and needs to talk about it, needs to express it, needs to work through it, needs to know she's not alone and needs to know how tech is feeling. This whole episode is like, hey, remember feelings? Feel them however you do, however you need to, but go feel them. Uh, I, I really support love what you're saying here. We also haven't said this much this season. This show is beautiful. So uh, gorgeous. It, it's so gorgeous. And this episode had it. And, and look, I dug the blatant, we're in the Old West vibes, Idaho, uh, Northern Arizona kind of vibe, or even Southern, just Arizona, the Westerns, you know. I, I, but Roadrunner territory. Roadrunner territory. That's great. But it goes beyond that. And you just really captured that I, I think with your words about it the landscape the music I, I put down this wide open lonely emotional wilderness and that is the feel and that is that that goes beyond the hey star wars it's often we off, often have old west vibes here yay the gunslingers in town yeah that's all there and that works and and i'm saying and there's depth with it on mandalorian or boba fett like you know to be clear but i i think you're right this used all the pieces to make this meal and it didn't leave anything behind from the stampede to the staring out at the emptiness to a storm coming in. Everything about the landscape, everything about Kevin Kiner's music, everything was done with great purpose. And, and that's why I said up top, I really believe this is one of the more perfect episodes of Star Wars uh, television. I really do. You can go to the big ones, chapter three, the ones we just went through. Uh, I agree. That those are giant episodes and bigger, big ramifications. The the small ball played here really was effective and, and just... Um, Episode ended and I just, I just went, ah, oh, man, I love that. I just love that. I sat with those emotions for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll get into it as we talk about um, kind of how we interpreted some of these, these big themes and ideas, but like the episode ended and I was just like, ah, thank you. <laughs> Needed to hear that. Needed to hear that. Uh, so let's dive into the, the big themes, the ideas at stake in this episode. I think you and I are kind of on the same page, but uh, what I really love about having these discussions is, uh, how we approach them, and sometimes uh, what our headline is of how we capture those themes. So where did you go? How, how did you describe the main ideas of this episode? Yeah, well, I started with this one, and then and, and um, watched this again. I just put one extra note, and I'm going to go with that one because uh, I think that's kind of the, the headline for me. And you're so right. This is very personal. Uh, acknowledging loss while also finding your way forward. All that difficult. Mm. All that easier said than done. But that's what I, I felt a lot was going on. Just, just, you know, the, and the other big theme, the theme that I, I put down, it's kind of a headlining theme was when fa family fractures, uh, mm. when people change or make decisions to pull them away from you, the other side of growth, the other side of, of another person's growth echoes made this big, wonderful decision that the, the crew kind of is like tips their hat and goes, cool, great, good, good one. And Omega's left to deal with it. And also the weight of being left behind a lot of grief going on in this episode, but, but you're so right of just the, we have to acknowledge this. And and I think often that's the big struggle. And to see it play out in Star Wars and to see it play out with how everyone's uh, experiences and who they are relates to 
acknowledging those feelings and moving on was very important from, from records. Ah, we're going to be good to text a uh, great conversation. We'll get into and all of it. That that's where I went just uh, moving forward, but man, that's hard. And how do you do that? Maybe by beginning uh, to acknowledge the loss. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, really love that. I think it, it dovetails with the way I was looking at it. I, I love the way that you highlight, we, we do get, obviously that this is a lot about Omega and tech and Omega needing to understand tech's perspective uh, and them, you know, coming together. Uh, I love that that uh, Wrecker is like kind of acknowledging it, but also maybe doesn't seem like uh, he's is super, <laughs> uh, you know, expressive with his uh, emotions on this subject. And I love that Hunter seems totally entirely aware. We know that Hunter's a great tracker, has a sense of smell. It's like, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, no, I, I smelled the pheromones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what everyone is feeling. But he's also not particularly talkative about them. He's aware of them, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we do get a little perspective from all of the remaining members of the squad, but a real focus on Omega. Uh, I love the way that you framed it as you need to uh, deal with the fracture, look at the fracture and evolve and move forward to, to deal with it. I kind of just looked at the the main thing that affected me as a theme that's just literally deal with your emotions literally just acknowledge them and see what what can happen uh one of the things that i really appreciated about this episode and felt like added to this feeling of like all elements of this are absolutely unified is that the entire episode did felt like a metaphor like on mm -hmm. the page right there are burbling emotions there are problems there are feelings for all of them omega is feeling them acutely uh, but but everybody else is feeling them. They're off their game, right? The, and they're acknowledging like the uh, our moves aren't working because we're we're one person down and, and all these things. Uh, so the burbling emotions are there. But what really happens for a, a ton of the episode is that Omega is facing them very very direct, directly, mm. and the rest of the squad isn't quite yet and toward the end. Mm. And all of the actual elements and the literal plot all speak to images, feelings of what is it like when you have an emotion you're not dealing with? Uh, well, there's an explosive mineral. There's a thing that you need, but if you touch it too fast or too quick, yes. it will explode, right? Uh, there's a storm on the horizon that looks like it's moving away, but it might turn around any time. You, you, you think everything is peaceful. You're kind of in a lonely valley. Oh, you might suddenly be crushed by a herd. Hmm. Image after image, idea after idea is a metaphor for uh, emotion, right? These are all natural things that can suddenly rage and overwhelm you. And on one level, it's like, yep, that's very, that's very straightforward. The, this is an episode about emotions. Mm -hmm. So every element is a metaphor for emotions. But it's so evocative. It's not intellectual. It's emotional. It makes you feel that. And that's what I really loved about it, uh, being such a, a collection of, of nature metaphors for undealt with emotions that might suddenly come and get you. I, I love that you're saying that going to your point earlier of using all the pieces of, uh, of, of the puzzle or every scrap of food goes into this stew here today. And this is a great use of it. That, that storm thing, I, I, I chuckled a little bit when you said that, but it's just, especially from Hunter who, who has his way of dealing with it. And, and, and he's looking at like, ah, Storm will be good. Uh, no, it won't. <laughs> it's moving away. Whoa. It's moving away. Whoa. 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, even with the, the mineral thing, the whole, the driving thing of the, of the Ipsium, I even had a moment of like, I almost feel cheesy by pointing that out. But, but that's the truth, right? That is yeah. what it is. That is literally what it is. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we all need to be bonked over the head by an explosive mineral that we're handling, that we all have. We all have to slowly extract uh, carefully. Uh, that is uh, that's the struggle. That's the struggle. This was a very human episode because of yeah. that. Yeah. And, and for me, like, I don't feel like that's a great revelation. I feel like most people mm-hmm. watching this would be like, ah, yes, uh, they're dealing with un- undealt with emotions. And then they're mm-hmm. also dealing with, you know, a mineral that might explode. To me, the the line between is something too on the nose and therefore cheesy uh, is how does it make you feel? Is it successful in making you feel something? And even though that the metaphor of the mineral is, is very clear and very direct, it was so successful in making me feel everything that the episode wanted me to feel. And then all these other ideas are even more evocative because... Mm-hmm the bad batch just wants to do this one quick mission and everywhere they turn a metaphor for their emotions that they're mostly not dealing with is are trying to kill them. Yeah. And I, I love that this is so direct. I, I love it. And, and I think you and I often say, sometimes we're just pointing at the screen and going there, there, look, you see, you see, cause it can be easy to, to just uh, look past this uh, in life and in star Wars. Uh, you can be a hunter, a wrecker, a tech when you deal with these things sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I feel like that continues into like the actual sort of uh, uh, resolution, right? Mm-hmm. About midway through the episode, uh, the rest of the squad is aware of their feelings, but they have their way of dealing with them. They just, you know, uh, they don't necessarily discuss them. They're all, I think, kind of on the same page of change happens. Sometimes it's unpleasant. You soldier on, you keep going. And they're sort of like, they're soldiering on. They're just like, well, we got a problem. Let's move some rocks, right? Yeah. And in contrast, uh, o- Omega um, literally goes deeper into the darkness, <laughs> breaks through, finds an entrance, falls into a turbulent river, and finally emerges in a beautiful lagoon, having discovered a new opening and a new solution. Mm-hmm. Again, it's very direct, but it's very effective because it's taking something that we all feel and sometimes can't put in words and watching a character viscerally go through that. I mean, how many people just sitting at their computer on a Tuesday have gone deeper, fallen into turbulent river, (laughs) emerged in a beautiful lagoon and found a new opening, right? Yeah. We go through those emotions all the time, but to make them literal uh, makes us feel it. I think. A hundred percent. Again, you go back to the song thing. I'm an old radio guy, as you all know. I want three chords in the truth, man. I don't I don't need John Anderson and yes, giving me a 17 minute synth solo. I God bless that talent. But like I I need something that hits me right in the heart straight in three minutes. And this episode in 29 ish or whatever it was with credits, um, it does play like that. And I love what you're saying. And and, and the Omega kind of coming to this conclusion, we're jumping a little bit to the end here with this part of it, but mm-hmm. Omega coming to the conclusion that, hey, we'll figure it out. Like they always do. It was built on this, what the episode talked about, faith, faith in those around you, uh, faith in yourself, trust, communication, understanding. I thought one of the best lines, and we, we can go deeper into the tech conversation. We should and we will. But him saying, Echo chose a different path as did Crosshair. It was so key to bring that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficult to understand, but we must carry on. And, and it's, and I'm, look, I'm kind of one of those folks that will toss that at you. We carry on. We figure it out, right? If you ever travel with me, I land in the airport, I go, I don't know, we'll figure it out. 
Uh, that's not easy for everyone. And that's not necessarily me stopping to deal with anything. <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit hunter at times, but to have, have Omega being the one to try to figure this out, right? It's so perfect because of what happened. And they've dealt with this before. You know, they have crosshair, the big one, echo coming and going, pulling echo over from the, 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 the regular clones. And then now him leaving, you got record going, ah, you'll get used to it. Tech. What is your issue? Hunter, a sense of pressing on <laughs> dealing with the, with the now surviving. That's their own way to do it. They've also been through it, but having to slow down and deal with uh, Omega's loss of that sense of home, stability, her newfound normalcy, right? All that mm-hmm. stolen via the ship, quite literally. Uh, and all that adding up into that trust, communication, empathy, connection, all part of the healing process to leading uh, you to discovering the, the lagoon on the other side of the turbulence all played so well for me. Just a great song. I need that chorus to hit. <laughs> yeah. No, I really agree with you, and, and I'd be happy to talk a little bit more uh, here about the Omega in tech conversation because uh, I yeah. think that it does feel like, okay, they're just soldiering on, right? And then mm-hmm. Omega's diving deeper, dealing with it. And I think what's beautiful about that tech conversation is getting that utter clarity of like, actually, we're not just being entirely stoic in, in ignoring our emotions. Mm-hmm. We know what we are, and this is how we process them. And it really is about respect for different ways to approach things, uh, which I think Bad Batch has always been. It starts out as almost this sort of cartoon level, you know, A-team parody where like, here's each one with their gimmick so you can sell an action figure, right? But that's just the starting point. And then it really becomes this conversation about really different people with different ways of processing things. And I love that that's what the conversation between Omega and Tech is at least partially about, Mm. is that... Omega is basically saying to Tech, like, I need to talk through my feelings. I need to hear what you think. I need to bounce them off you. I need to just say them out loud and hear, feel validated, right? And I really relate to that because I'm an Omega. I need to talk through things with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And other times I have to respect that I can only do that up to a point because the other person processes things more like Tech or Wrecker where Mm -hmm. they're aware. Thanks for the acknowledgement. Head nod. Let's go, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that isn't necessarily bearing your feelings or not dealing with them. Yeah. It's a different way of dealing with them. And I love that Tech says earlier, uh, you know, the squad existed before Echo was a part of it and will exist after. What is your issue? Obviously, he's too hard and he's not mm-hmm. listening or being respectful to what Omega needs in that moment. Uh, but he's also saying something that's true of like, I'm really used to change. I accept it as it's a fundamental of life. Like he says later, you just got to keep moving. You just analyze it and adapt. Mm. What? That's that's what you do. That's how I deal with it. You know, that's mm. how I deal with it. And even getting it so direct that he says, uh, I may process moments differently, but it does not mean I feel any less than you. And I, and I don't take mm. that as, yeah, I, I, uh, I deal with them deep down. I brood and throw things in my room. It's, I think he's already told them, told us how he, mm-hmm. we see how he, he feels them of like, mm-hmm. well, that's, I, I wish Crosshair was here and wish Echo was here, but they're not. So how can we adapt? And mm-hmm. he just moves through that in a different way than Omega. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that sort of contrast between the way that they deal with things? I, I love seeing it, it uh, just on display and, and how this connects with us. Uh, I am very, I, I always say I'm a wrecker. So I have that. Eh, you'll get used to it. But I have a lot of tech in me just hearing you even describe tech and break it down, break down the speech of, um, of, 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 you know, change is hard. I have a lot of anxiety on big changes. Who doesn't? But 
you know, um, past relationships, jobs, losing jobs used to stress me out. Now I'm like, yeah, happened before, it'll happen again. <laughs> and, and I've been in conversation with people where I'm kind of like, they're there. What do you, what do you want for lunch? And this episode reminded me about slowing down, hearing the music playing, and <laughs> looking at how other people deal with it. Because what Omega goes through is is uh, it's just heart wrenching, heart wrenching to watch. And 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 how can you, how can record tech and Hunter? I love the moment when Hunter's like, "Go deal with that." <laughs> that's not the only thing you messed up. I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but like that's not the only yeah. thing you need to fix. Yeah, it was such that it was just a powerful reminder for someone like me. Um, um, I struggle. I, I, I have my own anxieties, but I, I sometimes struggle with other anxieties that people have where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm a little tech. Like, what's your issue? That plane's not, it's the plane crashes or it doesn't. What's your, what's your problem? <laughs> like, no. you can't control it. And, and, and that, that is how I deal with it, but I got to be able to communicate better. All, I'll just say this is a very personal episode, but this is what mm-hmm. I, this is what I wasn't thinking Star Wars. I did not think about Star Wars a lot during this episode. Thought about life. And that's, again, why we're talking about it in this way. Yeah, absolutely. And and I really agree with you. I think uh, in most situations, I'm Omega, I need to process, but I have had some things come up in life recently where I have processed all I can. And uh, there, <laughs> there's a thing I feel a couple things in life, like I feel bad about, and I can't keep feeling bad. So I need to be a tech now. <laughs> like, yep, those things happen. They kind of wish they didn't, can't change it can learn from it i've made a list (laughs) literally Mm -hmm. these are the things i learned now i gotta go on and i have to be careful to be you know be be uh uh, open to other people needing to feel things longer different because in in some instances i've become tech (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know again just the the it wasn't complete record attack and hunter all kind of have the same vibe, but if you really divide it up, they deal with things uh, uh, differently in this episode. But I just, I just, I think it was great. It was a great use of Omega to just like one by one go, you know, seeking. It's like Wizard of Oz. She's going here and here and here, and then different people deal with things and different people have different needs, and just to have her leading us through that. Uh, yeah, it just resonated. It resonated with me. So, anyways, yeah, uh, yeah. I think the kind of big thing for me with the. Uh, tech and omega's conversation and you talked about it is almost like a healing um when she gets to the end you know we'll figure it out like we always do in the little head nod and you know uh calling back to what tech had had told her which i think you're so right to point out it is about communication it is about trust um but the thing that just really blew me away and the thing that i needed to hear the day I saw this is uh, tech has this perspective that he, he describes a couple times of like changes constant. Uh, he is always going over a waterfall and through a storm. And the way he copes with that is by acknowledging that basically I live inside a storm. <laughs> <laughs> and when it gets to the end, and Omega says, we'll figure it out like we always do. And they look ahead at that violent storm mm-hmm. that could change at any time. They don't know how many days they're going to be there. They don't know how they're going to survive. But that great shot where they kind of come together and it's sort of reassuring, like, this is the squad. This is the family. The family weathers the storm together. But when I finished watching this episode, 
I said out loud to myself, we all live inside a storm. Um, <laughs> not that we shouldn't have moments that are calm or we feel safe or at peace. Uh, but like with, with some of the stuff that I'm dealing with right now, a part of what is stressing me is I can't carve out moments of total calm where I'm not worried about something mm-hmm. and accepting that in this period, there's a storm. There is no perfect. There is no constant. You just have to do your best and adapt and have belief in yourself that you can get through it, that you can ask other people for help, but just accept that you live inside a storm instead of trying to deny it. And Mm -hmm. that image, that idea was really powerful to me. Going back to the, yeah, this acknowledging loss or acknowledging your situation. Yeah. I, I, I said, um, I said on one of my show, other shows this week, weird cross promotion time. I'll hold that till later in the show. But I said one thing <laughs> about sometimes I just need to acknowledge that I'm broken and and be okay with that. Right. And it's again, mm-hmm. all this, all this, all this is easier said than done. But to just have Omega kind of for me stopping everyone to go, we're broken. Mm-hmm. We're broken. Sense of home, stability. Uh, the marauders are home. Again pretty directly saying what the episode's dealing with. And and we lost, we lost echo. We can't lose that too. We can't lose home, but you can't always keep it right. And you can't always, you know, tech of like, well, we'll find another ship and, and you will, but for Omega to be like, stop, stop everybody. This has happened. Um, One of the other things I love in this episode and, and, and and this leads to tech trusting Omega. I love the, I didn't Mm -hmm. write it down, but like, I'm fully aware that you're, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I still want to get in that tech conversation, but like, and that's a lot of it too, of just kind of trusting for tech in that moment. It's not just about trusting her to pull off this task, but entrusting that the way she's dealing with extracting the emotions uh, is her way. And you're capable of, of, of getting through this with me and with yourself. And we're going to be all move forward together. You know, cause what happens? She slips and falls and tech jumps in right after. Um, a great, uh, a great uh, visual, uh, an action reminder of, of trust, family, love, and unconditional support for me. He went in right after her. And, unconditional, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but all of this, yeah, leading up, and yeah, sorry, I, I feel sometimes I'm, I'm jumping all over the map here because mm, it's fine. Again, I did not think about you know we can talk about some Star Wars of it all, but this was. Um, I wasn't worried about where Palpatine was at this point. <laughs> I wasn't worried what Mothma was doing or where this lines up. I was just worried about what was going on with these characters. So I, I really do care for. Yeah. Well, I think, I think maybe like the star Wars of it in the, the big picture, bad batch of it, you know, I feel like this idea of we live inside a storm right now. There isn't going to be a perfect around the corner. There isn't going to be an answer. There's going to be only brief times where we feel totally calm and at peace and then that new normal is going to change is it's a constant of life from some perspective but it's really true of the galaxy right now right the galaxy lives inside a storm and they gotta find a way to get through right Uh, the bad batch always lives inside a storm because they're trying to figure out who they want to be right uh right now they're just surviving they're just Mm -hmm. getting by their relationship with Sid is not ideal, <laughs> no. as this episode demonstrated, but they got each other, and right now, they need to live inside a storm. I felt like that did tie to to everything, from this episode to the Bad Batch's overall story to the state of the galaxy, which, mm-hmm. you know, the Bad Batch is so often taking us on a tour of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I really agree with uh, some of the other stuff that you, you're saying that, that jumped out to me too of the an ongoing theme in the Bad Batch of uh, what is home. We talked about this uh, with the the Gungi episode. There was so much there about him trying to reconnect to what his past home had been, and uh, you know, Omega and the Bad Batch have kind of carved out an idea of home, but you know that's been damaged by losing Echo, uh, losing the Marauder. When it flew away, I was like, that's their home. <laughs> mm-hmm. They so we know that. Right. But it was mm-hmm. it was just uh, driven home to us in the previous episode where before Rex calls them to help out on Coruscant. We see them all in the ship sleeping, gonky kind of going around honking at people to see if anybody <laughs> wants to play. Hi. You know, we've seen Omega now meditating in her little room. Uh, you know, despairing and, and holding on to Lula the Tuka doll. Um, that has been in recent episodes, we have felt that it's home. So it hurt <laughs> when oh, it left, right? I, I put a note of what, what, forget the Marauder. What about Gonky? <laughs> right. I have that too in all caps. Is Gonky on that ship? It's Gonky. Okay. <laughs> is he all right? Where is Gonky? Is he safe? Is he all right? We've been asking that. We've got it answered, and now it's been asked again. Uh, yeah, and I love uh, that that that's really brought out of Texan. It is merely a mode of transportation. He perceives things differently, and no, Omega just explicitly saying the Marauds are home, and and then I think that really extends to their their conversation where Tech is defining that you know uh, soldiers are trained to deal with constantly shifting circumstances uh that that's what a squad does and i love omega saying you know well are we we're we're not just soldiers we're also a family in tech saying yes yes we are uh that to me really made it feel like one of the things that omega is accepting is like yeah i want the marauder back i'm gonna do anything i can to get the marauder back Mm. but home is these people home is this group of of people this family the squad yeah yeah i absolutely love that yeah and the other thing i think that you're touching on that that uh jumped out to me is just kind of this overall idea throughout of what do we need from other people and i think another thing that elevates episodes Mm -hmm. like these you know i think sometimes things that aren't really uh super well written just throw out ideas but they don't make you feel them right i mean how many times have we uh seen something where somebody's like well but what motivates us is family. Yeah, family. Um, I've never even seen Fast and Furious a single one, so I'm not taking a dig at that film. I know that's I know that's the joke. I know that's the meme. I've never seen those films. I'm offering no opinion on Fast and Furious. I'm trying to make time for a long weekend of Fast and Furious. I'm talking about like maybe kind of episode of the week stuff that's like yeah. Yeah. a little cut and paste, right? You can always just say family. Mm-hmm. Uh, this goes a little bit deeper because we see really like what, they need and, and as you're saying how they're broken they're, they're off their game with echo missing wrecker screws yeah. up tech screws up you know they they don't they're totally off their game uh omega really expresses this need to know that her family is hurting too yeah she needs that uh she needs to feel validated uh that line that, that you were talking about she says it kind of incredulously to tech you trust me to do that and he says i'm fully aware you are capable of the task mm. um so i think th- there's a real idea of what we need sometimes from each other are specific things uh, to know that the other person is hurting, uh, to feel validated. But then we also need reciprocity. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting idea that 
tech and Omega at the end of the day in that conversation both need to feel seen, heard, understood, right? Because yeah. tech gets to a point where he's not just trying to fix anything. He's not just trying to smooth it over. It feels like he needs Omega to understand, hey, I feel things too. I express them and process them differently, but mm-hmm. I'm not on feeling and I need you to know that. And in that reciprocity of them both feeling seen and understood is so important. It was it was a powerful scene, and, and speaking outside of, of Star Wars, you know, uh, tech. I, I think it's it's fair to say is, is a character kind of built and coded as a neurodivergent character, and and uh, I, I this is my personal. This is not Joseph Forsen or Jennifer. Anyway. Sometimes I feel it's dangerous to say a character is coded as because sometimes it is, and sometimes it's direct, and sometimes hey, maybe it's what you're pulling out of it. That's a different conversation. But I think tech, without a doubt, um, has has connected with people in that way, and I thought this was a beautifully written scene to maybe get inside uh, his head to just do what you say. Hey, don't, don't treat me any different. This is how I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling the same thing, but I can't connect with it or connect with it in a different way. And I, and I thought that was just wonderfully handled, wonderful done. And tech has, has been from the beginning. None of the humor uh, from tech is uh, about what he is. It's, it's from who he is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's been true all the way through. And I thought this was just a beautifully written conversation to exactly what you're saying. Cause he has a, there's a frustration. Uh, I think he's very, he's self-aware enough early on. There's this frustration and then when he kind of has like that, you know, when he's asking the tough questions, cause that could be a, that could be a joke. What is your issue? And it, there's a little humor to it, I guess, but mm-hmm. it, it could be, it could be, that could be the end of it. Right. And, but he kind of, it's almost like the, the shoulders are slumping like, all right, I need to express who I am the best way I can. So I can be understood. So that she can be, she can understand where I'm coming from, and we can work together. It, it all, it all just came together beautifully. And I've already seen some people really talking about how they uh, really feel seen by the conversation from Tech's point of view, just as many are probably seen from Omega's point of view. So, uh, love the conversation, love everything about it. Yeah, uh, that that is really great, and I really agree. I think a lot of uh, different people can see themselves in different Bad Batch characters. I think a lot of different people can see themselves in tech. It is one of the reasons mm-hmm. uh, that I gravitate uh, toward him, uh, because I have a side that can be uh, mm-hmm. very analytical and make a list and let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I really relate uh, to that part of him. And we've talked about this before. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But I just really think it's great that humor comes from all of the members of the Bad Batch. And one of the ways that humor comes is uh, the contrast of how they are different. But it is never, ever making fun of them for being different. It is never saying they're, mm-hmm. there's a, one specific way to be. It's just sometimes having fun with the tech is tech is approaching this way different than record. There's a lot of tech and record humor in this, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not uh, at either of them's expense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I think it works so many times. We, we love tech lines. He's so funny and everything. And it, it just comes from a real uh, uh, respectful and real place, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, the, the last kind of idea is that, idea of reciprocity there's this very healthy version of it between tech and omega where they both need to feel seen heard understood they do uh and then sid just being a jerk right uh and being closed off emotionally too and tech kind of bringing up the like hey um we're tech's not giving sid a speech about how aren't we more like a family than employer's employee but he does like bring up like 
we've done things for you that are beyond the job to help you because mm-hmm. we care. Are you going to uh, reciprocate, Sid? <laughs> yeah, Sid. I just wanted to, and I love Sid, just wanted to scream. What are you doing? Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And the, the, everything with Sid has done so well that episode, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the riot racing, you know, raised that question about how much they can trust her, but it also made us feel more for Sid and understand her perspective and see that she cares. Uh, but there's also then that lingering question of like, mm, is she really going to leave him in a lurch? And yeah. <laughs> that's the question we're sitting with now. Yeah. So funny. I just, I mean, obviously we, we've, you and I have, um, you know, been, have had, had Rhea Perlman in our pop culture landscape for, for decades now, but I just watched uh, uh, that movie, You People, where she plays uh, a grandmother in the edit. I just, I just was like, it's Sid, it's Sid. I hear Sid now. But I also <laughs> was upset. I already seen the episode. I was upset at Sid. uh understandably so and maybe we can talk a little bit about uh what we think is going to happen next episode before Mm -hmm. you before you watch the screener uh any other big picture thoughts before we take a quick break i I think we we, we've hit all of me i'm just scrolling by yeah um i i really do and i I just like where it all lands again uh all the themes kind of um just logically and emotionally flowing into the idea of we'll figure it out like we always do but it's such an earned journey and i really love that and yeah again i i'm over apologizing but i don't have a lot of star wars thoughts i just have a lot of life thoughts and, and that's what i loved again loved about this and, and, and you mentioned bad batch season two being slightly different i think i think it's playing in the same ballpark without a doubt but it's just uh it's just zero in and on things in a, in a special way this second season yeah, I think so too. It's just got a real focus um, mm-hmm. and a real um, artistry to to taking a central idea and, and making you feel it. We live inside a storm. Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment to discuss uh, action, comedy, canon, uh, other stuff in this episode of Bad Batch. Back in a moment. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back to continue our discussion of Season 2, Episode 9 of The Bad Batch, The Crossing. They crossed some water and some emotions and probably still have some more planet to cross. Uh, we're going to talk some action and some comedy. Ken, uh, this was kind of a, a tension-filled episode, and there were some moments of action. Uh, no literal pew-pew-pew uh, where they're fighting other people. Uh, just uh, a bunch of elements that reflect their emotions. So <laughs> yeah. did you have a favorite fighting your emotions metaphor moment? Um, it might have been, uh, I, I put the stampede, which uh, some people I've seen po- point out have a, has a little connection to some of the stuff in uh, what Lion King, right? Uh, but mm. uh, stampedes have been around in movies and shows before too. So I love the use of it. Uh, I, I, um, I love record jumping back in. That's my guy. Uh, but also, <laughs> you know, if you want to look at what that means, like, hey, you got out of it, ah, but you left something behind. You got to go back in and get it. <laughs> uh, and I love, you highlighted earlier just that this fact, you know, we talk about a fractured family. I, I do love the way every beat was, was, uh, hey, you know, you messed up. I messed up. You fumbled the ball. I, I swung and like it just all that at play. But having <laughs> to deal with that, and that's part of it and part of the journey. So anyways, all I had to say, I love the stampede, all the way it looked. Love the sound design, everything about mm-hmm. it. Was great. But, um, the action for me was record kind of going, uh, all right, back in. I got to save it. Yep. Just throwing his body down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that, the stampede was great. I particularly liked Hunter's grappling hook. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't had a lot of good grappling hook action uh, in a long time. And uh, and that was great to just be like, yep, that's one of the tools. It's uh, I remember just being so fascinated with grappling hooks when I was a kid and I wanted one. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can go anywhere if I have a grappling hook. 
Uh, I just so never trust them. I never trust. I've, d- I've done some minor rappelling, like we're talking off of a, I don't know, 40 foot rock. It wasn't big. It was out in the Topanga Canyon, not far from Tython. And, uh, I never trusted that grappling hook tied. No, I can't. So God bless Hunter. <laughs> yeah. The tug, like it should be fine. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Great. Great. Uh, I almost put this in comedy, but I put it in action. Uh, when the storm starts that caused the stampede and the rock hits Wrecker in the head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he says, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it should be in comedy, but it's my, one of my very favorite moments. Uh, mm-hmm. of action and super relatable uh i i especially you know uh growing up in minnesota where there are a lot of elements uh where the wind will suddenly just rise up and hit you in the face and try yeah. to rip your flesh off with cold i've yelled hey at the wind <laughs> just like Becker, just like record did to the rock uh who hasn't yelled hey at the wind huh? yeah hey <laughs> Knock it off. Uh, I also, we talked about it. I love tech diving into the abyss after Omega. I thought that was like a a great action moment, a great emotional moment, but a great action moment because there's a good subversion, you know? Yeah. I really thought it was going to be the kind of standard thing we've seen before. If he just barely grasps her and then their fingers are sliding apart and, you know, he fires some, you know, uh, cable or whatever i did not think that she would just yeah uh i did not think that she would just disappear into the abyss he would think about it for a second and be like well damn okay yeah (laughs) her fate is mine i'm going after you know yeah i I loved it it was it was a it was a family moment it was a connection moment but it was a hero moment for tech and tech's had a few this year and uh, and he's had some last year too let's not forget but uh you know right racing now and everything i just love tech and and uh it was a great moment man and you're right yeah no i had a little bit of that too of like all right the hand comes out and that could have been the lesson. Tech could have been like, it was about families. He reaches her. Quarterback. <laughs> but no, it, 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 it um, fulfills the promise of this episode. The crossing. I mean, the crossing of, of, of this uh, landscape, this wilderness of emotions, like all that play there. So I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and for me, the final uh, action moment I liked is I love tech making the shot. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Especially after him being sort of uh, uh, tested and needing to, to, push himself so he can connect and communicate with Omega. Then he gets to go back to the comfortable, right? Of, yeah. uh, this is one of my skill sets. Uh, it needs to be very precise. I'm a very precise shot. You know, when we need uh, dangerous, volatile minerals uh, protected from a stampede, that's a record job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we need an extremely precise controlled explosion, that's a tech job. Uh, <laughs> so I like that. Record jobs and Charlie work are two of my favorite things in television for y'all. Always stunning fans, but yeah, I love that. <laughs> Any other action moments for you or should we move on to comedy and whimsy? Yeah, no, I mean, it was one of those episodes that, uh, you know, I was gripped, uh, leaning forward, my heart uh, pulled in, but uh, no pew, 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 like you said. Yeah, pretty much a one pew uh, mm-hmm. shot from tech. Uh, so let's talk about comedy, whimsy, weirdness. What did you write down here? I wrote down Wrecker saying my back and tech going, I would advise not dropping it next time. Uh, Now there's humor again coming from the characters, but uh, my dad, anytime as a kid, I said, ouch, my dad would be like, does it hurt when you do that? And I'd say, yeah. And he'd say, well, don't do that. So I don't know. It took me me back (laughs) in a fun way. Yeah. uh, There's a lot of great record and tech bickering. So I I didn't want to write it all down, but the, the first one I wrote down, was Omega's great delivery. I have no idea if this was in the script uh, to deliver it this way or if this was uh, direction and actor uh, inspiration. 
But when Omega is first getting out the mineral and Hunter has a very slow, be very careful. And Omega has a long, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there was, um, you know, Omega's uh, been well-written the entire time, but that that's one of those ones I, in, in researching Brooke Roberts a little bit more, she, she, she has a mother, she has a, a young daughter, it looks like uh, from her Instagram photos. So that I, I was like, that seems like a real lived in moment. Both <laughs> her probably as a, as a young girl growing up, but now as a mother, just to see the other side of it. I love that Omega moment. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, and, and I liked a uh, record and text bickering about the Marauder heartbreakingly being stolen when record says there was no one there. And Texas, clearly that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the ones for me I want to, I want to highlight is uh, uh, we got this wonderful, deep, important conversation <laughs> with Omega and Tech. And you know where I'm going, but the mm-hmm. record's perfectly timed scream in the distance. <laughs> this was actually the moment that I said to myself, this is a perfect episode. It, it, all the deep stuff before the lines, the use of, of the location, everything we've talked about. It was this moment. It was just so well done and both writing, directing, Nathan Villanueva directing and, 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 and the animators, everything about it came together for that moment of, of how do you end that scene? And, and you, if you, you could go one or two lines too long and it's, and it's uh, maybe too heavy handed or maybe you end it too early. It's not enough. Perfect beat. And then just in the back, it just, it just, I was like, this, this episode's perfect for me. Love it. It, it was, it was hilarious. And it was also perfectly hilarious, that perfect relationship between the kind of lonely, desolate heartbreak of this episode and the humor, because it really was like, okay, they have, Tech and Omega have sort of gently reached out and had a little bit of healing, and now here's the sunlight. (laughs) Uh, Their family is there, and you know, because Wrecker's screaming. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Record scream is healing. That's what it is. Um, going back a beat to another great record moment. It's 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 emotional, but it, it cracked me up when uh, Tech has screwed up and said, "What is your issue?" So bluntly to Omega, uh, and she walks away. Uh, <laughs> Wrecker's head shake at Tech. That record doing the Obi Wan Kenobi to Anakin in the council meeting is really funny coming from Wrecker. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, well done. Um, I love the go to the Sid stuff, and I, I do yeah. like the character Sid. I'm really hoping for redemption. Everything about it, I, you know. Again, shout out Rhea Perlman, just uh, one of the all time great uh, comedic actors uh, out there. Watch Cheers, youngsters. What young you youngsters watch Cheers? Um, I love the way Tech like does episode recaps. Uh huh. <laughs> Previously on Bad Batch, she's like, I don't need the actors episode recaps goggles. Love yeah. It. That is a great line. I didn't ask for a recap, Goggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that was my last one. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else for you? No, nah, that, uh, that's about it. I, again, it's so funny. This episode, individually, I'm like, oh, I guess there wasn't a lot in it. And, uh, just so much. Just so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, let's talk canon and lore, uh, which mm-hmm. I kind of feel like is Sid's mind. It's, it's tapped out. Um, yeah. I don't feel like there is a ton of, you know, like the two-parter where, Hey, you know, Emperor Palpatine voiced by Ian McDermott declared yeah. the creation of the Imperial stormtroopers. Kind of big cannon. Yeah. I feel like there is the internal to bad batch, uh, cannon, uh, mm-hmm. the, the recap, uh, that Sid did not ask for of, uh, Roland Rand and Malegi in times where 
Bad Batch uh, kind of went beyond doing a mission for Sid and helped her as a person. Um, I feel like uh, that to me is is about it. I don't think the I think Ipsium is new unless it's uh, in Legend somewhere, and and I don't know that one. Uh, I don't think the planet was named. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the other things that we kind of look at in canon, I didn't really see. Did Did you have anything uh, that you picked up on? No, no, I, I agree with you there. Ipsium, the planet. I do want to uh, spend some time on the planet. It, it looks like you know uh, we might do so. I, I I have not watched ahead, so I'm not leading any of you there. But we have a pretty you know big cliffhanger, <laughs> the storm coming at you. So <laughs> we'll spend some more time on the planet. Uh, in, in a weird way, you know, especially when they go to like the deserted town, it was a little bit of like sunny day in the void vibe for me. Mm. Uh, a little less, more Western than, than sci-fi than that, than the Meeper Gascon stuff. But uh, uh, I had that kind of vibe. So I'm with you there. Not a lot. And I didn't need it. And, you know, we got the big one last week. We're going to get more. Uh, I, I love the way they've, they've played it this year. Yeah. Plenty of emotional canon. So I- instead of talking about uh, canon, uh, let's look ahead a little bit because I have not watched the screener as well. Um, I didn't really sort of recognize like, Ooh, is that mysterious thief Hondo in disguise or anything like that? You know, right. uh, the design was not uh, super familiar. Maybe I, I missed something. Always happy to have that pointed out. Um, but how do you feel? Uh, it, what do you think might happen next? What do you want to happen next? Do you want the next episode to be the hunt for the Marauder? Do you expect that to be an ongoing thing? Do you expect the thief to just be a thief or is that a future character, a future story point? How are you feeling about all those things? No, I, I wrote down who is that poacher, who is that thief. Uh, I, I think it, it's going to be something. I don't necessarily think of a named character that we know. It's so funny. I, I, Hondo comes to mind right immediately, and I was like, "What? Well, nope, 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 not not the right uh, size, build, uh, age. It looks it looks younger to me." Uh, and mm-hmm. so then I was like, "Oh, Ezra." And I was like, "No, that doesn't. What am I thinking? That doesn't sync up." <laughs> See, I'm too obsessed with Snoke. Ken. Yeah, Snoke. Um, but no, I do, and I, I think that's going to be part of it. And I, I think. Um, Moving on, change doesn't necessarily mean you have to lose literal home, right? I I don't want to see the Marauder go. I don't want to see Gonky go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm also my Mando rewatch. I've just had to relive the trauma of the Razor Crest going. I, I'd like to keep the Marauder. So I absolutely think that's going to be uh, part of what they figure out. And I'm curious to see. Uh, I'm expecting something with this uh, mysterious uh, character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. It made me think about the Razor Crest. The only way the Marauder being stolen could have been more of a, a knife twist is if I had just spent a lot of money on the Hazlap <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. the Havoc Marauder. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's too unresolved of a beat. Uh, I have no idea if it's a literal cliffhanger. Next episode is the hunt for the Marauder um, mm-hmm. or if it's something that's going to pop up down the line and, and they're going to follow through on the need to adjust to a new ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the hopefully uh, responsible speculation is this season has had so much tension about the bad batch kind of can't just keep getting by. They keep running into people who need help. Even with Sid, they can't maintain their relationship with Sid without, going the extra mile and, and helping her as a person, not just running jobs for money. Yeah. Um, there's something about just like the, that thief that didn't just seem like, you know, that didn't seem like, a, you know, a weak way who would work for Hondo, right? Yeah. yeah. That seemed like somebody who maybe needs that ship, who is maybe deserted or maybe yeah. is going to help someone. And, and I'm curious to see if the story goes that way, if they find their ship. And of course the initial instinct is, you know, 
get that thief, right? But then they yep. discover the thief is somebody who needs them. I love that. I, I love that idea. And, and, and just the vibe about that syncs up with what you're kind of thinking and saying. Uh, and again, you could trust us, force in our listeners, please have some trust in us. Uh, uh, we've, we've definitely not gone ahead here. Um, not cheating. Um, but yeah, it just has that vibe. I like what you're saying. I'm just like, that's also what you got to learn. <laughs> this galaxy's kind of rough right now. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people need help and this could spurn them in, in that kind of direction. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see uh, how it, how it all plays out and when it plays out uh, and who knows, maybe some people listening also have the screeners and they're like, we know the answer to all these things. Uh, we will, we will all know very, very soon. It is Niebuhr uh, Gascon in a, in a uh, trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really hope so. That would be amazing. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you uh, questioned any beat that you're like, that one wasn't for me, anything like that? No, I, I swear. Well, I'll I'll be gr- grumpy one of these days. It ain't this one, kids. It ain't this one. Uh, I absolutely just love this uh, slow roasting, uh, countrified song. We're talking about music. This is a, a Ryan Bingham track for me. Like his song, "The Weary Kind." Look that up, kids. This is this is a great episode. Just loved it. Yeah, uh, not in the actual subject matter of the song, but in the emotional impact uh this episode for me is jolene by dolly parton (laughs) beautiful it's it's just raw emotion like i'm not comparing what's going on to the actual content of the lyrics of jolene but you know what i mean there's those songs that just like oh that's just three minutes of ripping a band-aid off damn (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yep (laughs) There's a big Band-Aid being ripped off in this episode. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? No, 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 absolutely. I wanted to get to that uh, that thief, and we did. Yeah. So uh, for me, just uh, want to be sure to shout out Kevin Kiner, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe there's, for some people, it doesn't work. Maybe it is not Star Wars-ified enough. I'm often somebody who's like, I really want musical exploration in Star Wars, but then I want it to, you know, be a little bit uh, spacey in some way or a little bit Star Warsified. I, I don't know if this music was specifically at the top, uh, but I didn't give a damn. It was yeah. so bittersweet. So like that the first chord hits and you're like, oh, this is an episode about missing echo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's so uh, I know I know you love Red Dead Redemption. It so mm-hmm. reminded me of some of the great cues in Red Dead uh, Redemption. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm a big fan of Johnny Cash and I halfway expected Johnny Cash to start <laughs> singing about, you know, Ghost Riders in the Sky or something uh, in that music. And normally when it's, it's so just close to to reality it doesn't work for me but it really did in this episode that's such a yeah i hurt myself today um yeah <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> yeah it was literally the first note and and again you see you see the scenery the song hits and and, and I, oh okay uh, the western stuff again not not new to star wars uh they went beyond that and they like you said you used it so effectively uh and then the music obviously had a big part of that yeah absolutely yeah yeah normally a little bit more of uh, yeah the the gunslinger and this was the <laughs> you've been yep. riding alone on your horse <laughs> for 72 hours western yeah yeah yeah, uh, and now, now I want to hear Johnny Cash thing about Echo. Anyway, uh, he, uh, we always wrap up 
with uh, a fun question. If you could have a figure or merch of any kind inspired by this particular episode, what would you like? Look, I think it's because I have to do some hanging of stuff today. I have to uh, drill. I have a drill out and I'm not great with the drills. I want the extraction tool in toy form at uh, Galaxy's Edge. And maybe what can I extract? I don't know. You know, the juice from a Capri Sun pouch. I don't know. I want that. I loved it. I love the mechanics of it, the sounds, the work. It was it was uh, a fun little thing. Uh, so give me the uh, Fisher Price Bad Batch Extraction Tool. <laughs> uh, the, oh, wow. Fisher Price. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> and I want just a grappling hook in real life. I know I can buy them, but I want a Star Wars one that I, yeah. is too expensive at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. You know, I want an emotional grappling hook. They'll label it that way. Here's your emotional grappling hook and all <laughs> To pull yourself out or go back in to stampeding emotions. Uh, I want a, a T-shirt that just says Bad Batch. And then on the back, it says we live inside a storm. That would be great. Uh, but to go to the action figures, we always talk about the cinema scenes they used to make in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, where you'd get uh, three action figures in a specific uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I want a cinema scene that is uh, Omega and Tech and their talk down in that beautiful lagoon. And for the third action figure, there's just a, a faded memory of Echo action figure behind them. <laughs> faded memory figure. Love that. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy that. Hey, kids, be the first on your block to own faded memory of Echo action figure. Really makes you sad. Real sad action. Be a great Lego set, too. Just have the uh, pool of reflection scene where you just have uh, them sitting there and then you have a little wrecker figure you can send down a slide. Oh, this is so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wrecker with screaming action would be great. Yeah. And that uh, that lagoon was was beautiful and that shot that lingered on it. So we felt the beauty. That was great, too. Yeah. 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 Anyway, is you can hear uh, we are not going to be able to stop saying things that we liked about this episode. So we are going to wrap up. Ken, uh, why don't you let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Hive Social at Force Center. We are also on Instagram and YouTube. We've been doing a lot more stuff on YouTube. So check us out over there. Give us a subscription. Hit that notification bell. We got episodes of Figure Fights. We got uh, the second one uh, coming very soon. We got a lot of shorts up there. We'll put more content as we expand what we do here on Force Center. Some of it's deep, like an essay. Uh, we just have the Judger and the Queen essay up. Some of it's fun stuff, like a short of Joseph translating Samara Bash with some funny results. Check it all out over there. We really would appreciate that. We're on Facebook as well. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcasts available in a lot of spots. Just search. You'll find us. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Follow me at Ken Napsock for all the things I do, including, like I said earlier, another show I have called The Blathering on the Napsock Network podcast feed. Uh, Patreon supporters get the video version. And I find it all at kennapsock.com. Sir, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm on Twitter. We live inside a storm. We live inside a Twitter. Uh, constant change and chaos. Uh, but there are people who who lift me up with their emotional grappling hooks on Twitter as well. So I'm on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, on Hive, uh, Mastodon, all sorts of places. Uh, YouTube in particular, I am working on more uh, comedy shorts, uh, more short films. My most recent uh, short film is called Unboxing the Cosmos. It is a, a darkly comic cosmic horror short. So if you're interested in that, uh, feel free to check it out. Uh, leave a comment or hit the like button. Thank you uh, to all the Force Center listeners who have uh, checked that out. 
But for now, for myself, for Ken, for all of our emotional grappling hooks, this has been the Bad Batch Report. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.